Good day, my friends, and welcome to another moment. Yes, another Black History moment with Bo. But before we make that trip into the darkness, I'd like to tell you something. A friend of mine called me the other day, and he was sad because him and his lady had parted ways. Now, I'm not saying that this is not a bona fide reason to be sad, because my friends, indeed it is. But what I am saying is that love is fragile, and you have to guard it every day, because love will make you do things you do not want to do, make you go places you do not want to go. This is the essence of love, compromise. It seems nowadays that when a couple has been together for 20 or 30 years, they make announcements about it. But this is nothing new to our generation because we watched our parents go through it for 30, 40, 50, 60 years together. Black people had that old migration love. They left the South in the 30s and the 40s, and they brought everything to the North with them that they owned, and they stayed together. Divorce was not a question, number one, because it cost too much money, and number two is because they shared every bump and turn in the road in that raggedy car with everything they had in it heading north. And when they got there, they struggled together to find a place to live. They struggled together to find jobs. And when they accomplished these feats, they finally sat down and lived life. This, my friends, is long-term love. This is why I had to tell my friend not to give up. Love is around us. And love exists. Because I told him every time you were with another woman, you swore that you were in love. But time will let you know the truth. And like that old song says, love don't love nobody. I had to remind him of the things that he had accomplished in the five years that they were together. And I had to remind him that everyone in your life was meant to be with you on your journey but not all of them were meant to stay until the end. That's life, my friends. And that's love, as fickle as it is. It is what it is. I am sorry for taking up so much of your time today with my intro. So let's slip into a little darkness and talk about Dred Scott. Now, I know a a lot of you have heard of Dred Scott, but who was Dred Scott, and how did his life have an impact on your life? Now, his name may have been mentioned in that history class in high school, but it was a fleeting thing, and you never really understood his life or what he was about. You see, Dred Scott was a black enslaved man who fought for his freedom for over 10 years. 
through all kinds of courts and then eventually wound up in the United States Supreme Court. He was born into slavery around 1799 in Southampton County, Virginia. But in 1818, he moved with his owner, Peter Blow, to Alabama. Then in 1830, he moved to St. Louis, Missouri. Now, both of these were slave states where Peter ran a boarding house. Now, this is where the twist in Dred Scott's life made its turn. After Blow died in 1832, an army surgeon, Dr. John Emerson, purchased Scott and eventually took him to Illinois. Now, Illinois was a free state and then took him to Fort Snelling in Wisconsin Territory, where the Missouri Compromise had outlawed slavery. And it was there that Scott married an enslaved woman by the name of Harriet Robinson. And in a rare civil ceremony, her owner transferred ownership of Harriet to Emerson. And in 1837, Emerson returned to St. Louis, but left Dredd and Harriet Scott behind and hired them out. So what I mean by hired them out is that if a slave owner had slaves and he was going away on vacation or he was traveling to see friends or relatives, he would often hire his slaves out to another slave owner who paid him money for the work that they did. So as a slave, you weren't just going to sit around and do nothing while your slave owners were away. Emerson then moved to Louisiana, a slave state, where he met and married Irene Sanford in February 1838. Dred Scott soon joined them. In October 1838, Emerson and his wife Irene and their enslaved workers returned to Wisconsin. After the Army honorably discharged Emerson in 1842, he and Irene returned to St. Louis with Scott and his family, which now included two daughters. But they struggled to make a go of it in St. Louis and soon moved to Iowa. And now we don't know if Scott and his family went with them or stayed in St. Louis to be hired out. But what we do know is that John Emerson died suddenly in 1843 in Iowa, and his enslaved workers became Irene's property. She returned to St. Louis to live with her father and hired out Scott and his family. Scott tried multiple times to purchase his freedom from Irene, but she refused. For unknown reasons, Dredd and Harriet Scott never tried to run away or sue for freedom while living in or traveling through free states. In April 1846, Dredd and Harriet Scott filed separate lawsuits for freedom in St. Louis Circuit Court against Irene Emerson based on two Missouri statutes. One statute allowed any persons of any color to sue for wrongful enslavement. The other statute stated, now here's the kicker, that any person taken to a free territory automatically 
became free and could not be re-enslaved upon returning to a slave state. Now, Dredd or Harriet could read or write, and they needed both logistical and financial support to plead their case. They received it from their church, abolitionists, and an unlikely source, the Blow family who had once owned them. Since Dredd and Harriet Scott had lived in Illinois and the Wisconsin Territory, both free domains, they hoped they had a persuasive case. When they went to trial on June 30, 1847, however, the court ruled against them on a technicality and the judge granted a retrial. The Scots went to trial again in January 1850 and won the freedom. Irene appealed the case to the Missouri Supreme Court, which combined Dredd and Harriet cases and reversed the lower court's decision in 1852, making Dred Scott and his family once again slaves. In November 1853, Scott filed a federal lawsuit with the United States Circuit Court for the District of Missouri. By this time, Irene had transferred Scott and his family to her brother, John Sanford, although she still owned them. And on May the 15th, 1854, the federal court heard Dred Scott versus Sanford and ruled against Scott, holding him and his family in slavery. In December 1854, Scott appealed his case to the United States Supreme Court. The trial began on February 11, 1856. By this time, the case had gained notoriety, and Scott received support from many abolitionists, including powerful politicians and high-profile attorneys. But on March 6, 1857, the infamous Dred Scott decision, Scott lost his fight for freedom again. Roger Tanney was born into the Southern aristocracy and became the fifth Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court. Tanney became best known for writing the final majority opinion in Dred Scott v. Sanford, which said that all people of African descent, free or enslaved, were not United States citizens and therefore had no right to sue in federal court. In addition, he wrote that the Fifth Amendment protected slave owners' rights because enslaved workers were their legal property. The decision also argued that the Missouri Compromise legislation passed to balance the power between slave and non-slave states was unconstitutional. In effect, this meant that Congress had no power to prevent the spread of slavery. Despite Tanney's long tenure as a Supreme Court justice, people hated him for his role in the Dred Scott v. Sanford decision. In an ironic historical footnote, Tanney would later swear in Abraham Lincoln, the great emancipator, as President of the United States in 1861. 
By the time the United States Supreme Court handed down its Dred Scott decision, Irene had married her second husband, John Chaffee, a U.S. congressman and abolitionist. Upset upon learning his wife still owned the infamous slave at the time, he sold Scott and his family to Taylor Blow, the son of Peter Blow, Scott's original owner. Taylor freed Scott and his family on May the 26th, 1857. Scott found work as a porter in a St. Louis hotel, but didn't live long as a free man. At the age of 59, Scott died from tuberculosis on September the 17th, 1858. Their Dred Scott decision had a great impact on the Civil War because the decision outraged abolitionists who saw the Supreme Court's ruling as a way to stop debate about slavery in the territories. The divide between North and South over slavery grew and culminated in the secession of Southern states from the Union and the creation of the Confederate States of America. The Emancipation Proclamation on September the 22nd, 1862, freed enslaved people living in the Confederacy. But it would be another three years until Congress passed the 13th Amendment abolishing slavery in the United States. There you have it, my friends. This is who Dred Scott was and who Dred Scott is. Rest in peace, my brother. And thank you for showing us how to never give up on our fight for freedom. Ten years it took you, and you fought the good fight. Well, my friends, that music tells me that it is once more that time. But before I go, I want to leave you with a little something. And that is, if you find a path in life with no obstacles, it probably doesn't lead anywhere. Until next time, it has been my honor. <laughs>